0: Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you.
1: It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Sitting in, Nick Repeat Adams. Good to see you, friend. It's good to be here at uh,
2: Max Fun. World domination headquarters live from the rape box. <laughs> we are that we're recording. recording. <laughs> hey,
1: you are not the first guest to come into this studio and note that it seems like a place where a nightmarish assault of some kind. It's like an amateur rape box because it has windows. Mm-hmm. It's like you're just getting into the rape
2: biz. Well, I don't know. You, you what if figured... I'm charging? <laughs> so you? Oh, so yeah, it goes.
1: It's going the other way. It's Amateur like mission thing.
2: Yeah, now you're a professional, and people will pay to see your techniques.
1: Mm-hmm. Sure, this is not how we should start. Programs. No,
2: no, I, I apologize to
1: all of your listeners. Nick Adams has already gotten into the Newcastle's. We have some <laughs> leftover beers, probably from Max Funcon. <laughs> I have like a eight JJ go drunk streak in a row. Like I had never true.
2: hosted the show sober. I don't want it has.
1: It is literally yeah. And I, the only problem is that you weren't able to stop at my local grocery store, El Superior. And try out one of the many unusual beers on offer. Every animal that can be slaughtered and turned into sausage, they have done it. That's very Figure true. out a way to do it. That's the, the, I love that place. It is a good place to go if you want to learn about various nationalities mm-hmm. of chorizo. Is your blood pressure way too low? Well, <laughs> you could take some sort of
2: libertor or you could just go to Superior and eat what they have for sale.
1: Let's let's bring our guest into this conversation. Uh, of course, you know him from television. Probably know him from film. I'm not familiar with any films he's in, but I bet he's been <laughs> in some films. A hundred. Um, you know him as a new resident of Los Angeles, and <laughs> that's how you know me. Half of the half of the comedy duo Curtin and Kristen, as well as a stand up comic in his own right. Uh, he's appeared on This American Life, uh, had his own television program on IFC, Kurt Brownaller. Hello. How are you, sir? I'm good. Hey. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's wonderful to have you on the program, Kurt. I'm so excited that you live here in uh, our beautiful city. <laughs> our. You can't, even,
3: you can't even say it with our. a straight face. He said our, though. That's a huge
1: improvement. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Adams Nick Adams counts the number of times I refer to Los Angeles as my home, Refer to myself as an Angelino. Your son, a native-born Angelino. Oh boy, <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> probably he probably has a uh, like you know how you know how teenagers keep their drugs stashed in like a hole in the wall behind a painting. <laughs> if you say so, <laughs> Granddad. Um, he, he probably has a skateboard in there, <laughs> just waiting, just waiting yeah. to bro out at the mall. You don't start skateboarding here
2: until your late twenties. Like you don't even start <laughs> no. until your late twenties. That's, That's when you start skateboarding here.
1: So, Kurt, tell me about – I presume that you moved to Los Angeles. Did you move to Los Angeles for show business reasons? Oh, yep, for show business. You uh, were hosting a television show in New York. I was. came to a, a sad and untimely conclusion. Too soon. Too soon. It was a very funny show called Bunk. People should look it up, I guess, by stealing it off the internet. I don't know. Is it yeah, available I think it, for purchase?
3: It, it is available for purchase but on you iTunes. you give them your money.
1: And you can also
3: um, – I think it's still running on IFC. Okay. It's yeah. a very, very funny game show that you Thank hosted you. with Thank no you. shoes on. I was proud of it. mm mm-hmm. Yeah. And then just moved here. Yeah, I moved here in October. You just figured you'd get in. You'd what? Crack into crack, crack the picture business? No, I'm not interested really in showbiz. I just was like, I could not spend enough time in my car. Right. And so what do I do? Stand like, up where, in a laundromat? Yeah. Where <laughs> can I? Or at a taco stand? Yeah. Like where can I? I'm trying to. I'm looking for some stand up shows that are yeah. kind of sketchy and kind of le- less attended than New York
1: shows. Anytime so came six here.
2: people stand still for too long, someone, someone starts a stand-up doing yeah. stand
1: up. So how do you? Uh, tell me about how you find it. First of all. Uh, What kind of neighborhood do you live in?
3: I live in Silver Lake, which I've been trying to figure out what is the equivalent in New York. And I think it's maybe like North Park Slope. okay, Like a place that was gentrified quite some time ago. Very long time ago and now is way too
1: crowded and overpriced. One of the nice things about Silver Lake is that they've gentrified, uh, in terms of housing prices, uh, many of the folks who live in much of Silver Lake, not all of Silver Lake, um, but they've managed to keep it pretty ugly. Yeah. <laughs> they don't do a lot of <laughs> they things didn't clean, to it, clean, up clean it, it up when they gentrify no, it. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. It still
3: has the appearance that it's a dangerous place. Well,
2: and... the mustache filters out a lot of the, the particulate matter. The mustache right. is yeah. there, clean the air, so they don't yeah. have to worry about that part of it. And
3: uh, the baby carriages uh, just clean the streets. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, sure. so it's not a problem. Wait, so you think Silver Lake is expensive? It's reasonably expensive, yes. More so than any other
2: place on the east side, right? It's more
1: expensive than where
2: I live. Well, yeah. I mean, on the east side, it's the the more expensive. I live mid-city, so it's all relative, guys.
1: Right. Mid-City's not really any more expensive than Silver Lake. I oh, can't believe we're discussing no, local real estate I, prices. Right.
2: But I want to
3: take both of you to task for the fact that you live in Los Angeles. We were talking about this before we started. Live in Los Angeles and don't know about this magical place that I, a person who has just moved here, found out about, which is a sunken city, an abandoned sunken city on the west is side. this
1: real. I think just a drunk girl told you this. <laughs> no,
3: I have seen <laughs> a photos bar. of it. I have seen photos of it. One person who would know, we should call him, is Jonah Ray would know. I think he's been there.
1: You think Jonah Ray would know about The name a, of it? A, the name of a sunken city?
3: Yeah, it's a sunken city. It's within the Los Angeles County. Apparently, it started sinking into the sand. Are you
1: thinking of the La Brea Tar Pits? <laughs> there it is. There it is.
3: <laughs> no, it's, all, it's, it's right on the ocean. When you say sunken city, is it a city of dinos? <laughs> I mean... They do
1: run the local grocery store there. Forgive but other me. than that, it's a normal, normal place. Forgive me. I said dinosaurs. I don't want anyone to email me prehistoric mammals. It's <laughs> that. What that they... is largely what is found in the in the La Brea Tar Pits. There oh. have been there were some dinosaurs, but largely prehistoric, Just like saber toothed tigers and stuff. Saber toothed like tigers, like giant sloths, mm-hmm. enormous, giant sloths like a like a eight. Nine foot tall sloth. Are you kidding? Is that real? Yeah.
3: Well, it's not real. It used to be real. No, but it's still real. I don't know. Hey, time is an illusion. Semantic argument. Time is an illusion. We could go there right now. I'm excited about a nine foot sloth. That is the slowest animal. The slowest, scariest animal in the world. Do
2: you hate Los Angeles yet? No. Okay, here's the, Here's what I'm going to warn you about. The sooner you hate Los Angeles, the sooner you can get through that year and a half and no, then start liking it. So no, I already So you should have hate it. it. Oh, no, well, I
3: already hate it. Oh, you already went through that. I Excellent. already went through it. That was like yeah, six yeah. months.
2: How long have you been here? Only like three and a half months. So you went through that in three and a half months and now well, you're Well, the thing like- is,
3: the level of hatred I have for Los Angeles before I moved here was so high. I feel like I burned it all mm-hmm. off. I got here, I only had like one oil drum of hatred left. Right, right. And I lit that on fire the moment I landed. Just like your and reserve hatred out. light came yeah.
1: on
2: as soon as you landed.
3: And it burned out pretty fast.
1: Interesting. So tell me some of the things that you like about living here on the (laughs) West Coast.
3: (laughs) Wow. Look at what we're going to do. I've actually was doing this in my head uh, today.
1: I have to do it all the time.
3: (laughs) Pros. There are, even though we live in a suburb that pretends to be a city, there are like uh, nature experiences to be had that are very beautiful and fun. Two, I get to go surfing all the time. And Bam! I'm you a surfer? I am a surfer. I grew up on the in New Jersey surfing my whole life. Wow. And I surfed in New York City, it, even during the winters, for 14 years.
1: I had, I had misremembered you as being Midwestern because of your corn pone charm.
3: That's what everybody thinks. Everybody thinks that I'm some, from Ohio or something.
2: You do have like a Gaffin Gaff, esque quality. Well, thank Jim, Jim Gaffin esque. That's what I was going for. I like that. I butchered it. Yeah. It's called a geflanic. Giflanic. Yeah, yeah. The geflanic
3: quality. Sure, yeah.
1: I was gonna say you have a Kafkaesque quality. <laughs> I'm just really confusing. But that's, that's a lot just of lies. Dumb it down, Thorne. <laughs> dumb listeners, it down. Listeners can't see you, but you're a talking cockroach.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's I do have eight arms. Yeah.
1: Okay. So you like surfing. You went surfing in New Jersey. They have surfing in New Jersey. They sure anywhere they they have an ocean, they pretty much have surfing. I have seen surfing on some really sad little oceans. Some sad little oceans. The oceans themselves are standard size, <laughs> okay, but you see, but some their sad expressions, are, are their are surf expressions, same. are very sad. If you
3: know where to go, you know the ocean is a beautiful and complex woman. Well, there's really. a lot of it out and there, and you has. have to know where to
1: go and at what times. And no, you- okay, but let me ask you this. Uh huh. Now you're in Southern California surfers' territory. Yeah. Don't you have problems with Gangs of surf ruffians <laughs> assaulting you, yelling "locals only," and holding your head underwater and trying to murder you, which is an actual thing that happened when I was at UC Santa Cruz. Yeah, not to me. That- Obviously, I don't surf.
3: <laughs> the localism in lo- in Southern California. Has, for the most part, petered out. There's still certain very localized breaks. But also, if you're respectful and know how
1: to play the game, you don't you, – people won't bother you. Give me some guidelines for playing the game. Uh, you don't – Number like, one. You're trying to you're trying to build resources. <laughs> Different combinations of resources can be played in. He's this is, not playing he's surfing. Say, he's not playing Settlers of Catan. It's, it's not
3: Settlers of Catan. I mean, but we Kattan. could break it down into <laughs> Settlers of Catan
1: uh vocabulary for I'm gonna you. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> I think a lot more people in our audience would understand Settlers a Settlers of Catan explanation than a surfing <laughs> explanation. <laughs>
3: Well, I mean, it actually uh, does apply because the main reason people get angry out in the water, uh, because it's a super chill thing you're doing, you know, like you would not expect people to be angry doing this beautiful thing in nature, but it's a limited resource uh, and the waves are limited resource. One person per wave, you sometimes have. Three hundred people trying for four waves every ten minutes, uh, and so that level of competition makes people angry. So the number one rule is don't drop in on someone.
1: So what do you? So what happens? It's just whoever gets on it first? No, it's whoever's closest to the peak. Uh-huh.
3: Uh huh. And if that person also has been, you if there's a, it also there's a lot of rules. It's a lot of different things. Let's pretend that all of the waves break in one specific place. It's like a point break. So repeatedly there's a takeoff zone. You know where the wave starts. You know
1: where the wave ends. That so means like a, you say it's like a point break? It, <laughs> Who drop kicks the dog? <laughs> I drop kick the dog.
3: Okay. Uh, a point break would be uh, like a, uh, a hard reef bottom uh, where okay. it's very consistent. It's like a machine. Okay. So you, have, you actually would wait in line. Uh, and then one person would take that wave, and the next person, next person. If you cut someone off, you would be – and then drop in on – or drop in on them, meaning the person's already up and surfing the wave. It's closest to the peak. And you would drop in. That would be probably where most fights start.
1: Oh. Now, have you ever been in a surfing altercation? I have. Tell me I about have. it. I
3: have. I've been in a, more than a few. But the best one is surfing Rockaway Beach in Queens. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was wintertime, so we are wearing – like a big 5-mil wetsuit and 7-mil gloves and booties and hey, a big thing. It's a lot of thing. mil, if I'm understanding oh, you correctly. It
1: costs
2: $5 million each. It's a, it's each. a, it's a why ton why nobody of surfs in Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> to a certain extent, James Cameron. <laughs> yeah, James Cameron just drops in, yeah. in a helicopter. He,
3: yeah, he literally drops right into the wave <laughs> yeah. and then just gets picked up and flies away. <laughs> and uh, I had been surfing this old, old board from 1970, and it was probably, it's about 12 feet long. Very long. It's very thick and very heavy. It probably weighs about 50 pounds. How did you end up with this board? I, is this we, a desirable board? It, I love it. I like really old, weird boards. And so, like, I, like I kind of collect them. And so this I can was, relate to that. I like really old, weird broads. <laughs> there you go. Who doesn't? Oh. Who, who doesn't like an old bird? Sure. I want to bring back. Oh, my God. This is a term I want to bring back, speaking of birds, is I want to wet my beak a
2: little. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's bring that back. I pitch wet my beak
1: once a week. Really? I pitch it in the room
2: once a week just because I love that expression. So wet much. my beak is yeah. the
1: best. Wet my beak a little bit. Oh my god! I'd so like if I, to, I'd like to see what Zoe Deschanel could do with that. <laughs> Kill it, beak. murder it. Yep. Golden Globe, sure. Wet <laughs> my beak. Oh yeah. G cubed. <laughs> okay, so you're on you're on
3: Rockaway Beach in Queens. I'm riding this old board from the 1970s. But it's about 50 pounds. I have been surfing out there for a while. Again, remember, we have uh, hoods on, so just like the little window of our eyes and our mouth Do you uh, mind if open. I
1: imagine that you're also wearing a diving mask?
3: Yes, please. <laughs> okay. The cool way to surf is to wear a diving mask. I don't That's know. If you'll see a lot of the pros do that. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's just a way to look cool. Like Tony Hawk, am I right? Uh-huh. You're right. Yeah. When he's skateboarding on those waves, he's always wearing a, a mask. He's like, aloha. <laughs> Hang ten, <laughs> sure. And I uh, and I've been waiting and waiting for a wave. And this guy who this guy cuts me off essentially. So he's what is called snakes me as a wave's coming in. And so he paddled and then he paddles right back out and cuts me in in the lineup. And I was just I'd been there for two hours and he just paddled out and so I was pissed off. And so the next wave came in and I paddled around him uh, and took off. And then he decided to drop in on me. And uh, and this board, once it gets going, there's essentially no stopping it. Like it's a 50-pound board and it's relatively, you know, difficult to maneuver. And he dropped in on me and partially because I was really mad and partially because there was a safety <laughs> issue, I uh, – Pushed him off of his board. <laughs> so it's not, I guess it wasn't much the safety issue. I was pissed off. And,
1: and so then, you guys are both <clears throat> standing on your surfboard surfing down this way. Yes. Pardon me if I use the exact correct lingo. No, you really nailed it. But you're surfing down this way. Sounds like I'm in a, a professional surf shop You're here. catching. Pizza. Easy, Kelly Slater. <laughs> <laughs> and um and you like do you like pull up next to him? <laughs> it's essentially exactly what happens. So he's a little higher.
3: Uh-huh. He would be a little higher on the wave, and I would be underneath him at that point, and I just kind of gave him a push over the back of the wave and then his board came towards me and I grabbed his board. Uh which is really violating a lot of etiquette. I Did should you take
1: not- off with his board?
3: No, because he had a leash <laughs> on <laughs> so I was <laughs> holding <laughs> on to it. Yakety <laughs> sex. <laughs> and then just hop on his board and continue surfing. That would be the cool
2: you thing to two, do. You got one oh. foot on each board. <laughs> and, he's, and he's being drugged behind yeah, you. exactly. He's...
1: <laughs> but, he, but so he... but he's pulling his hair and going. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so just make sure I'm following this. He has violated twice.
3: He, no, really all. Well, yeah, he snaked me first, and then he dropped in on me. Uh, but
1: you had but cut from... him. Right, but I cut but him that too. That was because he cut you.
3: Yeah. Right, so there's a gray area here. Okay. And so he sees me just cutting, snaking him. He didn't pay any attention to what he had done before. So then uh, the wave ends, and he comes up and he's furious, and I come up and I'm furious. And then, like, the first thing I did was to rip off my hood just so I could, like, see him, because it seemed like all of a sudden we were going to fight. And you guys are still in the water. We're in the water, but we're probably in, like, waist deep water. Okay. Uh, and so I rip off my hood, and then and that just like he was screaming at me, and I'm screaming back at him. And of course, the thing in Rockaway is like he's like, you do you? Can I curse here? Yeah, sure. Do you you fucking live here? You fucking live here? And that's like the big thing. Like, if you right. live in Rockaway, you're local. And I've been, I rented I rent a bungalow. I've rented one there for 10 years. So I do know some people there. I got a fucking bungalow. And I got a bungalow. I mean, when I say bungalow, it sounds very nice. It's a little shack mm-hmm. that has 10 boards See. and like a little bed, you know? Sure. Uh, and I rent it with like nine other surfers. Uh, and so I'm like, I rent a bungalow. <laughs> like, but that's, you can't say that tough. <laughs> But then it looks like we 're going to have an altercation, and he immediately just all of a sudden backs down, and i don 't understand what and i 'm like i 'm going to get out of here, but this dude was super he just looked dangerous he look. he 's like one of those a real Swayze Rockaway type. locals who like you 're scared of, you mm-hmm. know uh, he 's got like weird maybe a neck tattoo, that kind of thing, and then uh, later, I leave I, I leave, and I, I put my stuff when I leave. But then I find out the whole story later is that he is on parole <laughs> and he's not allowed – like he can't get in trouble. Right. And his wife and children were on the, on the beach. And that's why he immediately backed down because he saw, he saw them watching us about to get into a fight. And so he backed down. And for him, like his pride was really hurt. So he just kept coming back. Like that night he came back, the next day he came back and asking – all where these people on the beach, where's that dude? I'm going to beat the shit out of him. Like, and so for a while, people in Rockaway were texting me just like, hey, man, maybe you should stay away for a little while. Because this dude, his name was Adam, I think. And Tough. there was two Adams. He was Tattoo Adam. And then there was another Adam called Two Dog Adam. Um, and he was Tattoo Adam, who was recently <laughs> out of jail. You a
1: bungalow.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I didn't share a bungalow with that guy. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so I almost, like, I for a while I was like, can I not go to my beach? <laughs> I going to surf get close Rockaway me?
2: in,
1: in mm-hmm. the meantime. <laughs>
3: <Yeah. Sure. laughs> Nearby Rockaway. Nearby Rockaway.
2: <laughs> <laughs> have
1: you ever done any adventure sports, Nick? Uh, you know,
2: here, the closest I ever came to adventure sports is, I'm going to date myself a little bit, the first, one of the first jobs I had out of college, I was working a lot of freelance TV production stuff, and I worked the
1: first you ever. Worked do- can I guess? Yeah. The Kennedy Nixon debate. No. I'm not the quite famous, that old. The famous Kennedy Nixon debate. I was, that, like, I was covering Shirley
2: Chisholm in seventy <laughs> like two. That's sure. what I was doing. No, I worked the first X games, but they were called the Extreme Games. They hadn't <laughs> yet shortened them. <laughs> they the they had not lost the tree. They hadn't figured it out yet. The big rock stars of the first X games were the aggressive inline skaters. There was a period of time like the mid '90s, when people were like really into rollerblading, and I had that, rollerblades. Rollerblading really was the it. new uh, skateboarding. Nobody was skateboarding yep. anymore. Everyone was rollerblading, and these guys were doing the new thing. But they were doing the same types of shit. Like they were all skating in the street and doing crazy tricks. The guy, it,
1: the guy who hosted the television show that Jordan worked on for many years. Was a former professional rollerblader. I think we, yeah, I think we talked about that. And before. he was, no one was allowed to bring that up. That it, was one of the rules on the <laughs> show, was that you weren't allowed to allude to the fact that he had been, because now teenagers who are into extreme sports, it was an action sports television show. Yeah. Teenagers who are into extreme sports. Uh, you're also not allowed to call them extreme sports. You have to call them action sports. Uh, <laughs> teenagers who are into action sports now just think that rollerblades are so gay yeah. that they would turn off the show if they knew that he had a past association Fruit with boots. rollerblades.
2: It got cool. It got uncool faster than Ja Rule. It's like <laughs> it sure. went, the cool it was to uncool. Day,
3: boom. Yeah. But it was,
2: it was like, when we did that, when we worked on that, that first Extreme Games, it was such a big deal, and I remember looking around, like, a year and a half later, and no, it, was, it was just like you said, like, nobody even wanted to admit that they used to do it. Like, it, not only they didn't do it anymore, but they didn't even want to talk about the fact that they used to do it. And now it's like you see one guy in, like, tights and, like, a, yeah. a choker going down... Sam and Sinte on rollerblades, like a year, and no, that's that's all you see. You know what? I was shocked
3: to find out that's become like a like the new rollerblades on like half pipes and stuff, razor scooters on un- the <laughs> no. un- I'm not no. kidding you, I'm not kidding that's you. That's not true. I 100% in New York City, I was in New York <laughs> City, I was at Owlhead Park, there's a skate park there, not a single skateboarder. All Razor scooters and all doing weird, crazy tricks on Razor scooters. Was it
2: was it like entertaining? Did it was it did they, were they good or was it just weird? they were doing
3: they were catching air and like flipping it around? I mean, mm. when I look at it, I'm like stupid, dumb, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I you know I like I like watching people skateboard. Right, that's cooler. That's it's
1: the to hardest to fair, thing. thing. That's looking, looking, the hardest. That's thing. the hardest thing. But to be fair, looking at someone's skateboard, if you don't have a previous emotional attachment to that activity. <laughs> You're just like why do they keep doing that and fucking it up over and over and over? Because if they didn't mm-hmm. fuck it up, it would still not be impressive. <laughs> you have
3: to know the you have to know how very difficult it is to what yes. they're doing. Yeah. yeah. You have to have an intimate knowledge of it.
1: Yeah. It is the best skateboarders in the world in the X Games, the ones that do tricks in mm-hmm. a half pipe or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Like they'll do 10 minutes of skateboarding and of the 10 minutes of skateboarding one thing they do looks cool, <laughs> <laughs> but do you feel the same way about snowboarding? Mm, snowboarding's a little better because it's because it's it's faster. So the it's one so where they high, go, yeah. yeah, the one where they shoot down the thing and then they do the tricks on the sides of yeah, the thing, half pipe. That, that's a that's a little better. You do you find that that's interesting?
3: That you find that the, more interesting? I
1: think it's because skateboard guys are really into grinding. Yeah,
2: but that's the hardest
1: th- to look at. Sli- and, but it's yeah, sliding. It's technically sliding. unimpressive.
2: <laughs> it's this weird thing where the the most difficult thing to do in the sport is the least interesting
1: to watch. Yeah, I want to see somebody do a flip. Like yeah. that's what that's I all I want to see, see <laughs> yeah. is somebody doing a flip. Like so, at, that's at all the I want end <laughs> of the day, if Peep- you got a little if you got a little b- thing with wheels underneath you, I just want to see you do a flip. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I I live near Fairfax, so like I'm predisposed to hating anybody with a skateboard. This is Why Los is Angeles's
1: there... epicenter of Jesus Christ streetwear skateboarder so many uh, shitty t- t- t-shirt shops yeah like oh, right. this is the home of of the uh the, the streetwear brand supremes store in los angeles which is an right. epicenter of used to be
2: huff used to yeah. be there and Odd now they've future. closed
1: yeah like all these guys and also <laughs> and also uh, observant juice those two things <laughs> who don't so, skateboard so it's like great mix it's like african american teenage skateboarders uh, and uh you know guys guys with four locks. Well mm-hmm. let's talk
3: about that for a second cuz there for a really long time black kids didn't skate. No I mean and I all of a sudden like happened maybe 10 years ago.
2: Yeah I think it's amazing because I grew up I grew up like on the East Coast I grew up in North Carolina and I I knew about skateboarding and I I saw the magazines but I was just never into yeah. it. And it is on the one hand I'm I'm sort of, I feel like a proud grandpa that these kids can just do whatever they want and there's no stigma, like you're doing a white boy thing. Yeah. But I just want them to, to not do it in front of my apartment <laughs> when my daughter's trying to sleep. Well, That's I'll tell I you, want. like,
1: yeah, like, w- from from my experience, growing up in, an, in, a, in a neighborhood that was predominantly non-white in the city and then going to school in the suburbs with white kids, I a thousand percent thought Skateboards was a white people. Yeah, yeah. Like I was.
3: For some reason, it was. It was. No one in my neighborhood.
1: No one in my neighborhood skateboarded at all, and I thought skateboarding was the dumbest thing in the history of the world. (laughs) And the only people the only people that I knew that skateboarded lived in the suburbs what and that 's
3: totally fascinating too, because skateboarding as like a, a thing to do is so set up for an urban experience like yeah, you want absolutely. all of those little cool little places to go skate at, and it 's kind of cool
1: that I think that it 's kind of taken off now. I think it's because it's so it 's so boring and hard to learn how to do <laughs> that like, it 's really well suited to children that have nothing to do uh, it 's like yeah. playing the the oboe, you have to be the best oboe player in the world.
2: Before anyone's like, "Wow, that's some good oboe!" No amateur oboe is going to pick up and doop a doop a doop. Oh, hey, this guy's pretty good. You have to get really good at the oboe. Yeah,
1: I still remember when when the Neptunes when the Neptunes were really hitting hard. You know, like in the like. In the years between uh, Super Thug and Grindin', you know, like... Jesse's wearing a crochet tie while he talks about the Neptunes. <laughs> so also, I just want
2: everyone to know. To be yes. fair, it's a cable knit tie. It's
1: a cable knit tie. <laughs> <and> <laughs> that makes it better and or And suspenders,
2: and he's talking about the Neptunes.
1: But like, I remember, <laughs> In a rate box. <laughs> I remember when I remember when like Pharrell was the first famous black person I know who was, who was publicly into skateboarding. Mm-hmm. And when they would like wear skate shoes and like walk around with skateboards, it was such a profound dis like my eighteen-year-old, seventeen-year-old brain could not manage that. And they like, like who are these people? And the like slightly older black rap fans, like the
2: Wu-Tang era guys were sort of like like uh disapproving grandparents, like, mm, I don't know about
1: this. What are you doing for real? Yeah, I still feel like the, the thing that my son could do to put the biggest generational gap between me and him is skateboard. Is skateboard really? Yeah, like I, it, or I mean, you know, I, I would also say go to the mall. <laughs> but like th- that is to me in my mind those are the same th- activity in Los Angeles. He's gonna go to the mall. No, he's I, gonna grove it up. He's gonna grove it up people, real nice.
3: People go to the mall here constantly.
2: I live within a stone's throw of the Grove, and I have such a love hate relationship with that place. What's tell me about the love of the mall? Well, the, I don't. I don't love the mall. Like, I the love grove the is... fact that there's an Apple Store there. There's a right. movie theater there. There's like a you know it's like things that you do convenient, convenient, and it's right next to the farmer's market, which is just kind of great. But the Grove is like people pose for photographs, like groups. It's the fucking mall. Like you're at the mall. You're not at the the Basilica. You're not at like –
3: it's the mall. But you know what? That is what I think Los Angeles does very well is that it represents America – like, in a, there's a really forced-in thing. It's, right, right. It's different from any other big city in the United States in that it's, like, super just like America. Like, yeah. that's what—I grew up going to the mall. Like, that's what
2: America is. We go to malls. And we it's also an malls. outside mall, which blows people's mind. And oh, I didn't
3: know it was outside. That, Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, it's, it's open air.
2: And now then there's, I'm turning a trolley, my there's a trolley at the Grove, which <laughs> travels, <laughs> trolley. I'm going to say— Three hundred feet, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> maybe three hundred feet. It's utterly perplexing. <laughs> it's and it's ringing a bell. It's like get out of the way, and the person has an outfit and a hat, and you're just like, you're. I can see the ending point of the trolley.
1: Like, why am I? It's a lot like if I were to compare it to anything, it would be it would be the trolley in Mickey's Toontown that's piloted by Roger Rabbit. Like that is the scale and level of purposeness. Mm. The of this. Trolley. Next stop American girl doll. Like it's the, it's the weirdest thing in the world. So then tell me. So
3: one you both of you. I want your recommendation for me as a new a person new to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Something that I need to do that will
1: surprise and change my idea of Los Angeles. Oh, mine is easy. Uh, Nick, you, I don't know if you have something, but the, the what I've talked about it. On you're this just show gonna before. say drown a kid, <laughs> get a kid, yeah. drown yeah. him in a park. You're gonna love it. Yeah. It will, ch- it will <laughs> change your, especially your sexual responses <laughs> in ways that you would never, never imagine. <laughs> yeah, like I have. It is like I can have an orgasm just from someone r- drawing a circle on my <laughs> palm <laughs> since I murdered that child. Man, things really turned around for you. Mm-hmm. It used to be so hard. Once you yeah. built the bu- the rape box. Yeah, I used to have a really hard time achieving <laughs> orgasm. You know that, Kurt. You I remember. Know. I remember. So uh, the place that I would recommend above all else in Los Angeles that you visit is the Museum of Jurassic Technology. That I've heard about this place. Yeah, this is a, a
2: museum. It is like a... It explains how they made the Jurassic Five albums. Yes. In great detail. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> what it does. It's run by cut <laughs> chemists. And. Charlie Tuna shows up like every Thursday from yeah. four to six. It's, it's funded by a group <laughs> Of former fraternity brothers wearing backwards baseball caps. Um, it is uh, it, it is like a combination museum and art project that is in a storefront in Culver City, which is a, a wholly unremarkable place. Like it yeah. is the most. There are some actually some other good things in Culver yeah. City. There's sort of like an art scene in Culver City, but it is a. There's there's a there's a lot of galleries in Culver City, but it good is, restaurants. But it is a nothing of
2: a. The place. New York Times has been trying to tell the world that Culver City is the next hip destination in Los Angeles for about eight years. Yeah. And it's just not going to fucking happen I because wish they would knock it off. So pathetic.
3: Yeah. Like it is such a so manufactured. Place. And, like, I'm so happy to hear that because people keep telling me, "Oh, it's pretty hip." And I'm no, like, "I've been no. there once." I feel like that's not true. Culver City is
2: the new Eagle Rock. People have been saying Eagle Rock is going to be hip since I moved here. Go fuck yourself. It's not. So
1: here's outside of Nick's very passionate feelings <laughs> about various neighborhoods <laughs> in Southern California. <laughs> it is a it, it is a storefront museum. It has a tea room above it, but it is a storefront museum that's based around. Uh, Essentially, the museums of the 19th century, which is to say kind of the museums just when museums were starting to exist as a public thing, Mm -hmm. um, when knowledge was only then being starting to become categorized, when a museum was just a collection of things. And part of what goes on inside this museum is it's very dark. It's very beautiful. There's lots of little tiny things. And many of the things are completely fictional. Some of them are not fictional, um, some of them are semi fictional there 's no distinction between which of these are fictional, which of these are semi fictional, which of these are non fictional or oh, I real love this. Um, and it 's completely magical and beautiful and it''s, it's i mean it 's very small it 's literally in uh, it 's literally in a storefront, so you know there 's a dozen exhibits, a dozen very small exhibits each with its own little room it kind of stretches back into this building. And uh, it it it's one of the most amazing things in the world, I would say. Oh wow! And it's just, I mean, in classic Los Angeles fashion, is just on a, you know, in a storefront on a six lane city street. You know what <laughs> in I mean? In downtown Culver City? Is yeah. it in downtown? <laughs> probably so. Culver City. I don't. I, I couldn't tell you which part of Culver City is downtown Culver <laughs> City. So probably yes. It's the fakest part of Culver City
2: is downtown. Yeah. Have you been to the Hollywood Bowl yet? I have not the Hollywood Bowl is like the one of the most overhyped things I think about Los uh-huh. Angeles, but then you actually go and you go, "Oh shit, this is awesome like, and you can is, like go and like bring food and wine yeah, and, you like, can watch. bring food and wine and like like there's really cheap seats you can just sit on a bench and and just do your thing, or you can get like a box and 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 do it nicer, but it's like if you just like let's say you just I don't have anything to do this weekend, spend ten bucks and get the see the moody seats. blues yeah. I mean, or, you know, reggae sunsplash or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Maybe Al is going to be there. Who knows? But you're, it's, <laughs> Probably Al it's Al Jarreau kind of always there. Yeah. He, he's kinda, he, he lives there. He lives there. But it's like one of those things where, where someone talks to you about it in a city for a long time. You're like, ah, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. And then you do it. You're like, I'm an asshole. I haven't been doing this every summer yeah.
1: since I moved here. You, right? know, what, you know what I like to do there is I'll get those $10 nosebleed seats for, you know, a moody blues show or whatever. I'll well, take a second seat. Moody Blues reference. It's really here. pushing the Moody you're Blues. really pushing it. I'll take. I'll take a seat on that bench. Put my finger on my palm and start drawing <laughs> a circle. <laughs> and I have a blast every time I go out there. You know. You know, a, you're a unique a nice individual. Double, bring a double cream brie. <laughs> oh yeah. You know what I mean. Why, why don't we go for a triple cream? Sure. Well, you know? triple it up. Well, easy. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. I think you're going to like Los Angeles. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan, Jesse, go.
0: <laughs>
1: it's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Nick, repeat Adams. Kurt Brown, alert. It's good to have you on the show, Kurt. Oh my God,
3: it's great to be here. You
1: look good if you've been doing yoga.
3: <laughs> oh Jesus we're gonna get into that we right gotta away. do yoga there's a yoga place across the street from my house and the only reason I go is because it's across the
1: street from my house guys and I there's a little – there's like a Mexican family across the street from my house. I don't go over there and bother them. Mm-hmm. Just just roll up your mat and walk in.
3: But what if they said, what if they said, come on over, bother us. You could pay us $19 and you can bother us. You so know what? You
1: could. There is literally a yoga studio below my house because my downstairs neighbor operates a yoga studio out <laughs> of her apartment. Look,
3: this is, what, this is what I think is fascinating about yoga is that I – can't do it <laughs> i am incredibly bad i'm a really tall person right and you're tall- a big you're a big powerful man tall people not very powerful tall people <laughs> have a tough time and that's my that's my thing tall people have a tough time and i got a big old belly
1: you almost took it to neck tattoo adam give yourself a little credit oh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no if i had taken it to neck tattoo adam i would have gotten my ass kicked <laughs> like there's no question about that but he'd be
2: back in prison so it'd be worth oh it. yeah
3: but i think i i go to yoga just so everybody else has a guy there who's just making these noises constantly
1: oh are you this is something i've talked about with jordan who's taken up yoga recently are you uncomfortable with the fact that you are going to look horrible in front of fit women so many fit women and
3: exceptionally fit gay dudes yeah Oh really fit gay dudes uh i'm no I'm not uncomfortable because I think my job is to kind of just look uncomfortable or not uncomfortable, <laughs> but to be to kind of look like a dork in front of lots of people
1: your job in the your job in the class or your profession? no, my profession right sure <laughs> uh
3: and so people laughing at me I don't have a problem with
1: you know okay uh
3: so yeah i'm just but i am I'm so bad at it
1: wait can you do can you touch your toes no. I've, Not even close. I haven't come close to touching my toes since I was eight years old. I've never been able to touch my toes. Really? Ever, ever, ever. I have been accused of being a malingerer for being. My whole, my whole like school years, people will be like, what do you mean you can't touch your toes? I, don't, I can't touch my toes. They're, look at them. They're far away. This is as far as I can go. I <laughs> was expecting that out of straight men in 2013. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, who was in charge of the Presidential that Fitness guy is Awards.
3: That guy's ridiculous. Wait, wait now? You're do- you're, you're still st- doing presidential <laughs> fitness? What's your what's, what's your <laughs> shuttle run time like? Yeah. How's your shuttle run
2: time? <laughs> Can you do how's four That's my flexed arm. Yeah, yeah. four pull-ups. Oh, <laughs> uh, have you ever done yoga
1: before? Nick? I don't do
2: I, I've done yoga like on video a couple times, but they we have yoga Fridays at work, like a woman comes and the writing staff takes some time out like
1: lunchtime and does yoga. Wait a minute. Hold on. Your job is you're a writer on a television sitcom? Yeah, I think mean, we mentioned New Girl on yeah. Fox. Yeah, A very funny television sitcom. Thank you. Tuesday the Nine. As I understand it, people who work on television sitcoms just eat like fried chicken all day. Well, because there's a machine.
3: There's a fried chicken machine. Fried chicken
1: machine fried chicken. in, in chicken every room. room. It's in your contract. It's That's called the fry daddy. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I think I mean I think it grew out of that because we spend. So much time eating so horribly and drinking soda and chips and snacking, everyone started to feel like shit. And we would do cleanses together. And then at some point, they were like, "We should have yoga." And they, you know, you did
1: cleanses with your. Classes. We did. We did a three-day cleanse,
2: and it was it was, as if, you, it was as if. Who are we you, Nick Adams? It was as if we were fasting for a year. That's how people reacted to a three-day yeah. juice cleanse. That's what you have to do a juice cleanse. When you come to LA, i like know, you should I'd hand you juices at the airport. You no, know, I've
3: already I've already like gone to a place and people are like there's a is a juice Ken's place near my house and I was like I don't even know what this is. Or I don't what think it you've done do. a
1: juice cleanse until you've had people deliver the juice yes. for the juice cleanse to, to your house. Yeah, that's how it That's how a fucking Angelina <laughs> would yes. fit. But you know yes. what? Yes.
3: But it is true. It's that weird thing of like when you are like eating shitty and and drinking it, and you have to produce things with yeah. your mind. Yeah, it becomes more difficult after a time. It's and true. I, it, it, it is like that discipline of writing it kind of includes being a little bit healthy.
2: And I mean. Like, like what happens with us if we st- we, we we order lunch and they, they pay for it and if we stay late, it's like, okay, we're going to order dinner too and often I won't eat dinner and people will be like, why aren't you eating? Because I'm not hungry and neither are you. You're eating out of fucking spite because <laughs> in your mind you're like, you're going to fucking keep me late? Well, guess what? I'm having a brisket. Like, well, you don't need that. You ate a huge for lunch you've been eating chips and cookies and everything all day now you're just spite eating who's so- the
3: worst who's who's the worst on
2: staff now <laughs> oh, <laughs> you should just watch her shovel it in <laughs> no I mean we're all we're all awful we all like we all have our vices um but the way that I try not to overeat is by not ordering lunch because it's like on top of. You know, you come in, you eat breakfast, then you order lunch as soon as you get there, and then you're eating shit all day, and then at the end of the night, they're like, "Hey, guess what we're having dinner?" And like, "I'm not eating that cuz I'm going to go 20 seconds after I finish dinner." It's like, "Uh, and then hey, now be funny." And everyone's just oh, like, "I, can't I do have it. a really hard
1: time imagining someone offering to bring me brisket and me declining."
3: That's the toughest part. That's the toughest part. Every time people offer me free brisket, I yeah. say
1: yes. My, brisket. Oh, God. I love brisket. Oh, is there good, smoke it. Where's, good slow? Where's good is a barbecue? good barbecue? Where's uh, a good barbecue?
2: There's a place. Um, the American South. <laughs> no, no. There's a place. I can't remember We're the technically name of it.
1: South. There's a place. We're not talking about restaurant recommendations <laughs> that apply <laughs> to literally 3% of our audience. <laughs> it's one thing to talk about amazing local landmarks. <laughs> And describe them for people that might want to visit. We're not going to... Could I get directions on how to get home?
2: These people are going to come here, (laughs) go to the Grove, and go eat at Baby Blues, and the Los Angeles Chamber of Commerce is going to cut you a check, Thorne.
1: You Jesse that? is so depressed. Right? His face say, is falling. I would say 60% of the negative reviews of this show on iTunes <laughs> uh-huh. include a complaint about talking about restaurants in Los Angeles. Are you kidding me? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's Not on you.
2: All.
3: That is on you, Jesse. LA, but
2: no, I mean, fuck no, that. No, I'm trying to head it off at <laughs> the pass here. LA is a global city. It's a global <laughs> city. It's, Are you it's a foodie's destination. Because there's Japanese Ludo Bites, restaurants here, Jonathan Japanese Gold
1: people should be able to relate to this podcast. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, absolutely. Come and sample... And see how we've perverted and twisted your culinary culture. And then They're go real. to
1: the, the uh, Jurassic Park Museum. The real sadness. See, uh. see Samuel L. Jackson's arm. The real sadness is that you've moved to Los Angeles, just as we have lost one of our greatest heroes, Huell Hauser. I know. Of course I'm That's so sad. Um, I had the chance to meet Huell Hauser.: Was uh, he as
3: excited in real life
1: as he is on television? Uh yes. He was a thousand percent real, and for folks who don't know, I mean, he's been he's been at this point between Dana Gould's impression of him and James Adomian's impression of him, both of which are tremendous, and him appearing, I think, as himself on The Simpsons, or maybe Dana played him on The mm-hmm. Simpsons. Um, he's a reasonably well-known figure nationally, but a local treasure here in Southern California. I also
2: used to do a. Uh- a Huelhauser impression for my family and friends, and thanks for telling me that those two
1: guys are doing it.
2: So now I can retire mine. Forever. Oh, did you?
1: Did you also do a Jack Nicholson impression? <laughs> Come on, And a Christopher Walken, a Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, uh, Huelhauser, for for anyone who doesn't know, hosted a local television program. Oh, now it's okay to be local. Continue. Um, I, I, <laughs> that ran outside of the area, but but where he where he visited attractions. And attraction it's a a very wide point he definition. started yes, mm-hmm. I mean just a farm would be a good example the sort
2: of the sort of like <laughs> you're on vacation
1: from... with your father,
2: and he's like, "Hey, let's stop there and you're like, please God, no, let's don't stop there <laughs> he stopped
1: there, everything from Hearst Castle to just yeah, just a farm yeah. and um and what's remarkable about this television program is two things: one, it did not appear to. To utilize a second camera or editing, <laughs> which is to say that there will be stretches. I would watch an episode where he went up to the top of uh, Runyon Canyon, <laughs> a famous canyon here in, in Los Angeles that is famous for, you know, uh, douchey actor types exercising on it. And um, he went up there and, and I think there was a shot that lasted 10 or 12 minutes. <laughs> and that's not hyperbole. That's honest truth. And so that's one thing, is that he would direct his cameraman to do things while on camera mm-hmm. and leave it in the show. Um, you know, like, come on! And uh, the other thing about it is that it's a really good show. And he, he didn't <laughs> seem to have any snark or
2: irony or judgment in his body whatsoever. No, and it's the, the level of enthusiasm
3: is, like, that, that it, it was the sun shining shocked and amazed that man every morning mm-hmm. when he woke up
1: and and from you know I I only I talked to him a couple of times I talked to him at I basically what happened is when we when Adam Lissigore and I made the first episode of put this on we had a premiere party in Pasadena and I wrote on Twitter hey you know what local celebrities should I invite to our premiere party and someone said you should invite Hülhausen. and I was like ha 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 and I was like you know what I should invite Huhlhauser. Like this isn't that wildly different from what Hauser does. Like yeah. he might actually be interested in seeing this. So I just sent an email to the address on his website and the day of the thing he said, What time should I come by? <laughs> and I'm like, Whenever you want, Huel. We got a beer waiting for you. Mm-hmm. Like it'll be great to meet you. And he came. That's and- great. Seriously, pick up some four hundred dollars
2: jeans, Hulhouser, and get <laughs> yeah. out of here. You know, there's there's forty
1: people. <laughs> there's forty people at this party. You know, something like that. All enjoying a nice free beer, and we got a DJ playing uh, popular rap tunes of the day. <laughs> and uh, Hauser walks in. I swear to God, it was like a scene in uh, in a in, in like a in like an Animal House knockoff movie or mm-hmm. something. Just. <sighs> You know, everyone's head turns, and then just people just start going. (laughs) He was like a god. People cheered him. Yes, they literally cheered him, and he did not. I mean, he didn't have a second for the whole thing. But he was so. You know, he's just there in his shorts and his uh, Hawaiian shirt, just shaking hands with people, and he asked Adam. To go to lunch with him on what we later wondered was a date or not a date, <laughs> but he was a perfect gentleman. Adam was happy to report, and uh, they went to a secret, a secret police officer cafe inside of police headquarters, like underneath police headquarters. What? Like a diner f- that's only for police officers, but Hulhouser's allowed there because he's Houser. Mm-hmm. and everyone there knew him. He knew everybody. They knew what he wanted. He talked to Adam about film production because he was the boss of his whole operation. He owned and ran the whole thing, and I ended up talking with him about that on the phone. He wanted to know more about podcasting, and mm. they were started. They were about to start podcasting, and you know he wanted to learn about what my, what our production uh, system was for put this on and how we paid for it and how it looked so nice and et cetera, et cetera i had some really nice conversations with him and i actually was working with him to try and find a time for him to come on bullseye before it turned out sadly that he passed on but now like my most treasured my most treasured possession is my answering machine that's right out here that has that has a message from Hugh. hi it's hugh hauser <laughs> hi jesse I'm 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 returning your email. Get a <laughs> shot
2: of these rutabagas over here. These are the biggest rutabagas I've ever seen. Hi, Jesse.
1: It's you. <laughs> and I actually, you know, like not not two weeks ago, I was in New York, in Long Island City, recording an episode of Judge John Hodgman of all places. Uh-huh. And I walked out of this out of this club slash cafe. Uh, Where we did the the recording. Yes. And um, there's James Adomian standing there. And I ended up having a conversation with James about Huell Hauser. I was like, you know, I've been talking with Huell about having him come on Bullseye. And James had met Huell uh, by phone once. Just one day he just got a call from Huell Hauser. And Huell Hauser said, hey, I hear you've been making fun of me on the internet. (laughs) And... (laughs) And we just talked about – we just talked about what an amazing man Huell was and just how much joy he had given the world and, like, how – and how we just wished we could, you know, summon within ourselves the appreciation of, you know, the wonderful things about life that Heulhauser had and – and it was nice. It made me, you know, I was very sad when when he died, and I was, you know, not not, not only. I mean, I was I would, was really looking forward to having him on the show too, but having had that conversation with James about about him and just having had some time to kind of like it was like having a wake or something but yeah. it happened before he died. Yeah. <laughs> um and it, it felt it felt it, it I was I was somehow more ready for it when it happened even though no one expected it. He was only in his I think in his late 50s early 60s. Um but a totally amazing man and one of the really great things about Southern California. A Definitely. Guy, a guy who a guy who had an absolutely unparalleled appreciation for as you said the, the sun coming up every morning.
2: Yeah. Just imagine someone saying, "Here's what I want to do. I want to do a show where we just travel around and find random things that I think are kind of sweet and awesome and we're going to film it. It's not always going to be earth-shattering, <laughs> but I'm going to get a kick out of it. And like, no one would ever put that show <laughs>
3: The, the earth shattering thing is ha- how excited he is yeah. about a just maybe like a like goat start. I mm-hmm. saw
1: one where he was at a goat farm and he said, "Now is that a goat? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's
2: amazing." <laughs> it wasn't one of the stiff legged feigning goats. Like it was, it, it was, was just a regular standard goat. goat. Just I a love. standard goat. And
1: he, and, so will he really eat anything? <laughs> <laughs> and just what, just what a wonderful, uh, what a wonderful thing! And I think probably I'm, I'm maybe speaking out of school here, but for James who's who's gay, just the idea of a gay guy, and I don't, and when I say gay, I don't mean to be rude because I don't think that Huell was out of the closet, but I think it's a safe to assume that he was gay. Um, that came from another world, like just so from another generation. Like I said, not a particularly old man, you know, a 60-ish yeah. man. But because because he had been in the service and because he grew up in the South, you know, he just came from another man and so part of what – from another world and so part of well, what he, did he represented. he also came from another man. Yeah. He did. Um, and the, the thing that was – one of the things that was so amazing about mm-hmm. him is that he had that Southern California thing of like – Coming from something just completely different, just a thousand percent different, and just making a world for himself. You know what I mean? And it's in a secret world. Even is kind of a Southern California thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, to be able to make your to to compartmentalize your world because everything is ten miles from everything. <laughs> you know, you're not going to run into somebody at the butcher.
2: Although I have to say, like I run, I like I see people that I know and run into people. All the time. And it shocks me every time it happens because it's such a massive, sprawling city. But I see people all... I run into people in this town all the time. It's the biggest little
1: city in America. Really? How about that? Suck on that, Houston. Via Try that one on for size. Wait, is that Reno? Huh? Was that Reno's... Is the littlest big city in America? I don't know.
3: Yeah, Reno's one of those. It's I can't remember if it's biggest little or littlest big.
1: Reno's the saddest, gambliest city <laughs> in America. <laughs> the saddest gambliest city in Nevada. No, not Nevada. There's a sadder gamblier okay in America. <laughs> How about that, that... No. We'll be back in just a second now, uh, Jordan Jessica. Love you. Love you. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Nick, Repeat Adams. Sitting in. Kurt Brown Oler In the corner.
2: We're all technically in corners. Yeah, we are. Don't elevate your station.
3: <laughs>
1: as we sit in our cornered really sp- room.
3: I'm really good at being specific.
1: <laughs> Jordan and Jesse. Rob Campbell here. You may remember me as the Max Funster that sent you a chud shirt. Well, I'm back with more junk. So All right. All right. First of all, Rob,
2: easy. He's just doing a lot. He's doing a lot. Coming right out of the box. Rob.
1: Sorry. Rob, you're doing too much. You're doing too much. Uh,
3: but but I, like, I, like his, I like Jesse's reading voice. It's very exciting.
1: Yeah, well, I'm a, I'm a, I, got a, I got a sunny disposition just <laughs> <like> <laughs> your legs, producer, sunny, sunny D. Sunny <laughs> D. <laughs> sunny D. That's a nickname we came up with for Brian Fernandez That's, right before the show Scott's started. Scott's staying power. I like it. I don't know what sizes you guys are, and I imagine Jesse doesn't wear many T's. But here you are. I wear three or four (laughs) at a time. (laughs) Give one to Karen Kilgareth, who's not here anymore, by the way. Give one to – that was last week. (laughs) Give one to Jordan's cat – what's his face? Jordan's cat's name is Bug. Give one to Goodwill or tell me your T-shirt size, and I'll send you more free stuff. Get a load of these. See, I'm so happy. I'm so happy, Kurt, that you're a size extra large. Oh, yeah. Because – Not for long. Because – because yes. two of these shirts are size extra large.s yes. Here, I mean, look take at a this. look at that t shirt. It mm-hmm. says
3: "Immortal Power: Colon Plug It In."
1: Yeah, that's our slogan. That's our slogan for two thousand uh, for two thousand and thirteen. And it's really shiny. This is, this
3: is a great present.
1: That's like a sweet metal logo. Yeah, and you're all set for excited. the next <laughs> OK Go video.
2: Perfect. Ah, <laughs> yes, I need D gets it.
1: Brian, you probably <laughs> wear a large, right? There's, you get an extra large. Take this extra large, okay? There's this one there's a large here with actually our uh, our our listener concrete tales uh suggested the the slogan that inspired our our slogan uh immortal power plug it in, which is 2013 quiet desperation. <laughs> which is a slogan that acknowledges our own mortality and our powerlessness in the face of it. Um and uh Rob was nice enough to send uh a Quiet Desperation t-shirt with the whole paragraph, there's an explanation that goes, maybe in 2013 we should shed the facade, you know, the facade that we aren't all living in near constant, often subconscious, but almost ever-present fear of our own mortality. We might shout out more powerful than ever, that was last year's slogan, in futility against the inevitability and somehow manage to put on a brave face. We might find brief fleeting moments of joy. Nonetheless, the wash of despair that eventually we, all we love will be gone from the earth cannot be held back. 2013 Quiet Desperation.
3: My, you want to hear my, uh, my, <laughs> my tagline for this year? Yeah. Spit it. Crazins, dial it back a bit. <laughs> crazins, dial it back a
1: bit. Huh? Yeah. This is the year that I get crazins to dial it back. So this is just – this isn't a metaphor because ours is – ours are usually a metaphor for sort of a larger – No, mine's like my – Yours is about – It's my literal purpose. It's my purpose for actual the year. F- craisins. It's, it's like a mission yeah. statement.
3: It's a mission statement. Thank you very much. It's my action uh, sentence. Kind
2: of difficult because craisins – the whole purpose for craisins is dialing it up.
3: I know. They – I mean it's – Right. They provide a powerful flavor yeah. blast. They've dialed it up a little too much. Okay. Do you think they're too sweet? I think it's time for them to get out of savory dishes. Now – I'm right here with you on that one. Thank you very much. I'm looking at you salads. I'm looking at you chicken dishes. Yeah. Get your craisins out.
1: Get out get those craisins. i I'm gonna make a pass for I'm gonna make a pass for uh salads. I I might accept craisins in salads. I will absolutely not accept them in, in chicken dishes. That's and ridiculous. You know what, raisins, get the fuck out of there too. You know, just because yeah. just because you're old school doesn't mean you get a pass on this one. And also the the word crazen
3: suggests that they're somehow like the crazier raisin. Yeah. yeah. And fuck. You crazins.
2: Well, It's, no. it's you are like pedestrian. false advertising. Yeah. It's like insane clown posse. You're just two white dudes with face paint. You're not insane. Yeah. You don't have a Well, you kind of do have a posse. They, they do, might be have a very large posse. But they actually might be insane tactically. I they might be, you're right. Yeah, I yeah, like
3: that. but on like a real like I where they have mental mm-hmm. issues.
2: <laughs> not a fun insane. Not a fun. Not a fun like, like don't want to bring those guys to a party. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm a size large rob and Jordan is a size medium, so Get your fucking act together! Come yeah, on. Now. If only there was a way to find out what our t-shirt sizes were mm-hmm. when you were sending us t-shirts. If only there was someone you could ask, like us. Yeah, Karen
2: Kilgareth will wear that small, and she's hiking and running. In can it'll be great?
1: Yeah, well, hopefully so. Perfect. What we'll
2: to, we'll to get her address? I can bring it to her. She's not here right now. I can bring it to her. You're gonna go see? I see
3: Karen her. Kilgariff. I, I do. I see her once every two weeks. Great. Done. Here, there we bring go. that to Karen.
1: All right. She's one of the best ladies. I think we can all agree on that. <laughs> yeah. She's a tremendous tremendous young woman. She's the best. Let's take some calls, Brian.
0: Jordan and Jesse. I just walked out of the staff meeting where they announced my promotion and my new title, which includes the word director.
1: Yep. The
0: immortal power. Plug it in.
1: Mhm. He knows the fucking slogan. Oh yeah. He's on board for this.
3: You're making dead um, eye contact with me like just cuz um, I didn't know the slogan before. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Paul
1: Thomas Anderson, for calling in.
3: Oh, PTA, always <laughs> call it in.
1: <laughs> that would make a good thing yeah. in a Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Do you think we could, maybe like the last four hours of uh, The Master, they could <laughs> slide that in <laughs> somewhere? If somebody knows Paul Thomas Anderson, tell him to have his people give me a call. Also
2: <laughs> tell him, you know, snip, snip every now and then. <laughs> yeah, You're maybe.
1: not fucking
2: doing, going to win every
1: time. Yeah, <laughs> Just trim it down. But all, all I'm saying is, I think if we're going to license this slogan to anybody, Paul Thomas Anderson's our man. Oh yeah, right? Don't you think mm-hmm. that he could make a the filmic? He could convey through the medium of cinema the powerful, passionate metaphor that is immortal power. Plug it in. Are you kidding? If he can't do it, nobody can. Right. I mean, maybe Tyler Perry possibly Tyler possibly Perry. Tyler well the thing is if, if he regardless a, if you want if him to, he's gonna do enough. it. <laughs> do, yeah. If he if Tyler Perry had a fat enough suit, do you think he, he could. Do,
3: is there like a there's like a board Tyler Perry has where it's just like different words and he just throws a like a, <laughs> Well instead like of a, a
2: board there is a very fit, oily black man <laughs> and he throws concepts at that guy. <laughs> and and, he, and like, whatever sticks to that guy's abs <laughs> gets made into a movie. Yeah he has like yeah he has like little word <laughs> magnets he just yeah. throws at his
1: chest. scratch tyler perry off the bullseye guess for 2013 you know what you know what tyler perry could do to get in my good graces he could show up for something the golden globes Mm -hmm. would probably be the most likely he probably doesn't get invited to the oscars i'm gonna guess no (laughs) but um you know the golden globes or what have you image awards with th- mm, no, nah, not big enough. Not big enough. Okay, I, I want something with maximum impact. Right, because he's gonna show up with three dudes, just gorgeous, fucking <laughs> cut dudes, wearing only bow ties. Yeah, fuck or no. How about this? They're wearing tuxedos but not shirts. <laughs> So they have all the parts of the tuxedo except the shirt, and they're right. fucking
3: ripped. Yeah. And instead of ties, they just are wearing leashes. No one's holding the leashes, but they're hanging down to the just ground. Trailing.
1: Yeah. These trailing. These dudes are like full-on oily dynamos. You know what I'm talking about? These guys, like boners will be popping mm-hmm. in the audience just as he and his boys walk past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pop, 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 pop. This will be straight dudes boners <laughs> erecting in honor of the, how hot the dudes that Tyler's <laughs> there against, against their, their will, and against their uh, will. And there's three of them. No, they want to be there with one of the no, greatest. I mean, the straight oh, dudes boners. Yeah, they don't have any control.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the, no, the oily dudes are there, <laughs> the dare, they want to yeah, be of there. their own volition. They're yeah. there for a good time. This, fully isn't, fully on board. this isn't
1: weird. Yeah, yeah, they, th- <laughs> they want to they meet uh, Hillary Swank, <laughs> <laughs> those oily dudes. Okay, let's take another call.
0: Hi, Jordan Jesse Go. This is Alan calling from Savannah, Georgia. I was just on my way home from work when I saw the most beautiful bald eagle fly and land on a telephone pole. The awesomest thing about it was right next to that beautiful bald eagle was a pelican. Sixty feet in the air, a bald eagle and a pelican just hanging out. I don't live on the ocean. I live about 15 miles inland, and uh, I live next to a little bit of a swamp. So I guess there's some fish in there that both a bald eagle and a pelican think are delicious. Love you, boys.
1: Have a good day. Hey, I love you, too,
2: buddy. That is a great call. Now, what's that interaction like? A bald eagle and a pelican, are they like enemies, or do they just sort of acknowledge each other quietly, like a nod?
3: The Pelican is kind of, he's more like a bro. Right. He's down at the docks, and the bald eagle's a little bit of an asshole. Mm, Kind of above it all. He's a little
1: bit aloof. Can I suggest something to you guys, though? Two words, unlikely friendship. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right? These guys are like, these guys are the best of friends. They're thick as thieves. <laughs> you, don't
2: expe- you don't expect it. <laughs> Pelican,
1: Pelican you left your fish eagle. all over the place again.
2: Well, wow, bald eagle, you're so uptight. Pelican <laughs> and eagle. Pelican <laughs> and bald eagle. eagle. <laughs>
3: <laughs> one episode's just about uh having what, uh, feet, oh, web feet, web feet, webbed <laughs> feet <laughs> or claws, web feet versus claws.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because the pelican is like, I want claws, and then the, the eagle's like, I want web feet, and then they realize, like, oh no, I'm perfect the way I am. Yeah, but they like,
3: but for like one episode, yeah, They make it yeah. so that like the he has claws, and the other one has like a
1: like a mitten on. Can I tell yeah. you something that happens? The bald eagle, the bald eagle goes to the fridge, and he's like, "Where's that six pack I left in here?" And then the pelican opens up his his beak, and there's a six-pack inside it. Full of oh, ice inside his.
2: Well, yeah, it's full of ice. Oh, no, that's right. Whenever that goes in go opening montage. That goes in opening montage. Yeah.
3: And they just, yeah, they're just sitting on the couch together, just reaches over <laughs> and pops one off out of his mouth.
2: <laughs> uh, oh, I love it. Showtime, if you're
3: listening. <laughs> Shameless, come on. I think we could pitch that tomorrow. Yeah.
0: Hey, Jordan. Hey, Jesse. Hey, guest. A little momentous occasion for you guys over this last uh, couple months. My mom survived her second bout with stage four ovarian cancer. My girlfriend and I of four years got back together and are stronger than ever. And uh, just listened to the newest uh, JJ go, and it's friggin awesome. So thanks a lot, guys. Uh, Immortal power. Plug it in.
3: A celebratory message. You know what
1: they call that? The big three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mom survives cancer, get back together with girlfriend, and fall back in love, mm-hmm. listen to a kick-ass Jordan Jesse call. <laughs> Two things about that call, like, I'm just going to make it
2: impossible for them to make fun of me, because uh-huh. I'm going to come out with my mom surviving right? cancer. Sure. can't do a <laughs>
3: damn thing after <laughs> well that. Well played. Well played. played. <laughs> and just, That's just a shield.
2: Yeah. It's like, ah, what are you going to do now? And then it's like, and I'm running out of shit. But I'm going to throw them a bone and put Jordan <laughs> Jesse Co. on a level with me and my girl
1: and my mom. <laughs> yeah, this guy that's knows how, how, you, how to play the game. That's how you call in, folks. Game. He knows the rules of the game, <laughs> not does. unlike a Kurt Brownaller. Yeah. yeah. This guy knows you don't cut in, you open with the yeah. cancer, <laughs> you don't snake anybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Always lead with cancer. We have one more call, Brian Fernandez. One more call. Okay, let's listen to it.
0: Hey, Jordan. Hey, Jesse. Hey, possible guest. This is Kevin from Palo Alto. Uh, preemptive, no penguin in the pants on this one. Um, this is in response to Jesse's fish truck story and his realization that they exist. Uh, I found out they existed when I was nine, when I, uh, was fishing with my grandfather and my father in Northern Maine on Lake Pleasant, which is a stocked lake. And so once a year they have a truck come by and stock it with salmon and and trout. And this one year, the guy who was doing this apparently had mechanical issues with the truck and started spooning the salmon and trout into buckets and transporting them. And despite that, thought it was going too slow and allowed us to carry them by hand into the lake, like 20 feet uh, wriggling fish in our hands. Even better, a couple of days later, the fire department decided that they were going to test their water cannons, uh, their, whatever they're called, on, uh, off the lake. And so they started sucking in water from where the, the fish had been deposited and shooting the water out which created giant fish cannons, and it was glorious. More powerful than ever.
2: Oh, my God. That's a that's a real thing, though? Like, they truck in fish? Oh, I didn't know that.
1: Last week, uh, here at the office, we got to see the fish truck dumping Coming. fish right into here. the lake right outside our window. They put fish in there? Uh, yeah. That, w- otherwise, where are the eight-year-old Filipino children going to go fishing? Yeah, where that's mind blowing. where blowing. You, know that. you know what? You know Not in historic Filipino
3: town. I'll tell you that much.
2: <laughs> no, that's ridiculous.
3: I have I have the New York City equivalent. I think of the fish truck. Yes, which I saw one day, yes. which was a, a
2: tasty delight a, truck. No, <laughs> they dump condoms in the East River. They they are like, oh, those aren't real over used over condoms. Over They're not
3: real. No, they people come and put there. those. Uh, the firewood truck that delivers firewood to delis, and it's just a truck. Filled with firewood, and it just drives up, and a guy takes a few bundles out and brings them in, mm-hmm. and then just keeps driving. It's open truck, because of course, how are you going to get firewood in yeah. New
1: York City? You're not just going to get that from your from your grocer distribution point. No, you're going to get it from
3: your little bodega on the
2: corner. Oh,
1: I love that. It's yeah.
2: a pretty sweet racket. It's I mean, a, yeah,
1: I'm going to be honest with you here, Kurt, and tell you. That's pretty good. It's way less good than oh, a fish can. Oh, oh
3: my god! <laughs> L- than a fish cannon. That a fish is cannon true. is the main fish cannon's better. But I like that he's calling it a water cannon because let's. It's a hose. Yeah. <laughs>
2: right. Uh, they we- brought
1: their uh, aqua lasers <laughs> out and immediately. I don't, I don't know, <laughs> know what you call them. <laughs> a water <laughs> cannon. You know the thing that's on top with the with the with the big metal sh- spout. Yeah. It's a hose, but it's a
2: big impressive hose. Big hose. The hose
1: yeah. is the flexible. The water cannon sits on top of the water truck. It's a.
3: Then what's the, the name of the uh, thing that goes on the end of the hose?
1: Nozzle. Nozzle. Mm-hmm.
3: I guess it's a nozzle. That's not exciting.
1: What would be the what, new what's York the one that grab it? It's a <laughs> nozzle. It's a nozzle over here. <laughs> but it's hey, over here with our nozzles. <laughs> shoots at Papaya King. <laughs> yeah, it should, it's a real it shoots New York up. nozzle. It's in the water. <laughs> but it calls them Coney Island dogs. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan, Jesse, Go.
0: <laughs>
1: Jordan, Jesse, Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Nick, repeat Adams. Kurt Brown, oh, or... It's a bald eagle. Yeah, <laughs> that was... impersonating Kurt Brown. Listen, I know you're angling to
2: play Bald Eagle. Larry is his name. Larry Larry the the Bald Eagle. Eagle. But I just, I I mean, when we think you're great, Kurt, we really think you're great. But Brian Austin Green, we have a development deal with him. (sighs) And we just feel like, you know, to get the demo. Can't Brian be the Pelican? He doesn't really test as Pelican-y. Really? No. Joe Rogan people, tested way more
1: pelican. The thing is, <laughs> the thing is, is people want a pelican to be ethnic. It's just something yeah. we're gonna we're gonna use yeah. Damon Wayans Jr. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna be in another show, another yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. I mean he's in most shows. He's in most he's a, shows. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, Kurt Brown, it has really been a joy to have you on the program. Thank you for joining us.
3: Thank you very much. Can I, um, can I, when does this go out? Can this I plug will go, something? This
1: will go out on Monday, I think. W- right. What do you got? You got some sh- upcoming shows? You got some television appearances? You shows. Got some... I'm going to be
3: in Chicago on the uh, 18th and 19th of
1: January. If I'm not mistaken, that's the Windy City.
3: That is the Windy City. In January, it'll be very windy. I bet you can, you can get yourself a nice kielbasa. I bet you I could get myself a nice uh, a deep dish pizza that's essentially just five pounds of mozzarella cheese with a little bit of sauce on Do top. You Nothing like,
1: wrong with that. Disgusting. Do you like waiting
3: 90 minutes for your pizza to be ready? Do you <laughs> like it? Do you like not being able to finish one slice? Yeah. Do
1: you like that? Uh, yes. I would enjoy all of those. That sounds great to me. I would love to fuck up one of those pizzas right this very second. Uh,
3: it's a it's a part of the Tomorrow Never Knows festival. I'm going to oh. be at the Hideout. Is uh, this
1: curated by James Bond? It is. <laughs> yeah.
3: Who will <laughs> the be old James Bond? Who right? will be
1: opening for you uh,
2: at the Hideout? Otis Day in the Nights or will it be like the <laughs> Staple Singers? It'll be Staple Singers. Stables.
3: Yeah. Uh, and then on um and then I'm recording an album with wow. Kill Rock Stars. It's going to be their first oh. uh, comedy album. Whoa. Fantastic. Hipster. And how did you trick them into star. doing that? I paid them thousands of dollars. Right. sure. very expensive. You sure. would think a punk rock label would not be interested in being bribed. Right, but they got they no are.
1: problem with it. <laughs> no they problem. got no they, problem. They and you're a rich money. man. I'm a wealthy that, individual. Look, you and I both know about that one season on IFC money. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We know. <laughs> yeah. My
3: God, I can't even buy enough houses. Sure. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, that's February 13th and 14th, 13th in Seattle, and 14th in Portland. That's, you know I'm recording it.
1: I got to tell you, if I'm in Seattle or Portland right now, and I'm in a romantic relationship, I can't think of any more romantic way to spend <laughs> my Valentine's, Valentine's Day than checking out Kurt Braudahler, seeing him be physically awkward for my enjoyment. Yeah. Fifth,
2: fifth season of Eagle versus Pelican, you're the one like... I saw that guy before Eagle vs. Pelican in a little club. Like that's what you
3: That's what that's what we want. I like that it's gonna be live action.
2: Yeah. There's (laughs) gonna be no Eagles or Pelicans involved at all.
3: (laughs) We'll be dressed as an eagle
1: and dressed as a pelican. We're gonna go
2: for
3: like a I think you're gonna be
1: the futsy landlord. The
3: Futsy landlord?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: You're gonna be like, Pelican <laughs> That's the that's yeah, the plum I don't allow, job. I don't allow pelicans in my in my in You get my a catchphrase,
2: you work like one day a week. It's yeah. the, that's the best job.
3: It is the best he job. He
1: convinced you that he's a dodo.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you and you're right. always trying to keep me from yeah. finding out that dodo's went extinct <laughs> constantly. They're they're like removing the D encyclopedia yeah. from my apartment.
1: <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. I am really excited. I'm really excited to see the advertising materials that our listeners are gonna pr- produce. <laughs> They're gonna mock for up Eagle versus Eagle Eagle mm. and Pelican. I'm really excited about Eagle versus Pelican. Unlikely friendship. It is an <laughs> unlikely friendship. <laughs> Can we get called. some street teamers to put up E V P
2: like <laughs> signage all over like the east side of town? Like what is EVP? I
1: don't know, go to the website. <laughs> this is this is, gonna, this is gonna this is Solid gold. It I mean, is.
2: this
3: is...
1: Sometimes you hit on an idea and you know
3: it's mm-hmm. got deep veins. Yeah. Deep veins of gold running all
1: through it. This is gorgeous. And, of course, if you want to enjoy Nick's work, you can watch the very funny television program, The New Girl. It's one of the only uh, television shows on television worth watching. And uh, if like you really... Only like, 15. If you, know? you
2: really enjoy my work, then you will enjoy the episode titled Pepperwood that will be coming up, I think, February 5th or end of January, beginning of February... <laughs> My episode will be that I that I wrote that I took get to take credit for. Nice. Wow. Pepperwood. Can you give Check us Can you give listings? us any insights? Uh Nick and Jess uh mm-hmm. are involved in a in a in a hilarious caper. Oh, I bet they are. Is it uh, they, they put see. they put
3: pepper on someone's morning wood? Oh damn it. God damn it, I guessed it. Damn I get it. pretty good at guessing
1: things. Spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> It is a it is a very fun television show. I'm so happy that you work on a television show that I like I enjoy watching Thank and you. I can compliment that you. That was on it. when
2: I went out for meetings. I was like, I just hope is this Thorny would approve of this program? <laughs> I turned
1: down eight shows. I can understand that. I can't work on... Yeah, Modern Family. Modern, get out of
2: here, Modern Family, with your Emmy Awards and your, <laughs> yeah, your great hours. Your
1: near Universal acc-
2: yeah. Acclaim. Yeah, I you don't want to be near Sofia Vergara's breasts. No, you know what? The no, one thing no, is that's
1: keeping you from Universal Acclaim, Jesse's disdain for this you. Is, yeah. <laughs> the fact that Jesse really doesn't like you, television show. <laughs> <laughs> Thinks maybe you're racist. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, well, Nick, thank you as always for always filling fine. in for Jordan. Our our big thanks to Sonny D on the boards. Sunny Brian, Brian Fernandez. Jordan will be back next week. Our theme music, "Love You" by the Free Design, courtesy of the Free Design and Light in the Attic Records. Hey, San Francisco, I will see you at San Francisco Sketch Fest uh, doing Judge Sean Hodgman and Bullseye. You can find more information at maximumfund.org. We'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go. <laughs>